The Utes beat UCLA in dominant fashion. The Pac-12 scoreboard and your Utah sports update. It's all coming up next on Locked on Utes. Ute fans, welcome into Locked on Utes, your one-stop shop for all things University of Utah. This is for October 29th, 2018. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tyson Ewing, play-by-play voice of Utah women's basketball. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. And really, wherever you can get your podcast, you can also get us there as well. Um... If you enjoy the show, make sure to leave a review and leave us a five-star rating to go along with it. You can also be a part of the show by calling 419-777-8837. Be sure to leave us a voicemail with your name and ask questions, leave comments, opinions, and really just truly have your voice heard here on the Locked on Utes podcast. Feel free to email us as well at LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. You can ask your questions there and leave comments, whatever you want to do there as well. Pretty much let us know what you want to have known on the show. And when it comes to social media, you can follow along on Twitter and on Facebook. Just look for Locked on Utes. And finally, be sure to let all your Ute friends know about Locked on Utes. It's a wonderful, wonderful morning and a wonderful day to be a Utah fan as the Utes picked up a huge victory on the road this weekend and have continued to put themselves squarely in front in the Pac-12 South as lots and lots of things happened in the Pac-12 South this weekend and Utah remains the only two-loss team currently remaining in the Pac-12 South. Unbelievable what happened in the Pac-12 South, and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But I want to go into this Utah-UCLA game where Utah was able to dominate once again by knocking off the Bruins by a final of 41-10. to And yes, it was that bad. Utah was able to just do what they wanted to do on both sides of the football. On the offensive side of the ball, they got Zach Moss going early. He finished the game with 211 rushing yards. That's a career high for him. Also three touchdowns, and I had predicted that he'd get at least six yards per carry. He did that. He got eight yards per carry. Tyler Huntley, he was not very good, truthfully. But he was adequate enough to get the job done as he was 13 of 21, 138 yards and one touchdown. And Britton Covey, five receptions as well to go along with that. Bradley and I, five tackles, one sack, and one tackle for loss. Cody Barton, I predicted, would have a very good game. He did. He even had a turnover, seven sacks. He had one pass deflection and an interception. Chase Hansen had five tackles and also three pass deflections. And Javelin Gidry in that secondary for the Utes. Five tackles and one pass breakup as well. And I counted six key plays that I wanted to talk to you, uh, that I wanted to mention here this morning. And we'll start with the muffed punt. If you remember in the first quarter, this was the way that Utah was able to get on the board first. In that first quarter, Adarius Pickett fumbled it on the punt return. Connor Haller was there to jump on the loose ball, and Matt Gay knocked in a 22-yard field goal. Zach Moss in the very next possession for Utah ran off a 60-yard scamper on that left side, and Utah looked as though they'd score, but that drive ended in a ridiculous interception that should have been called a pass interference, but we'll get to that here in just a little bit. The next drive, it was their very first scoring drive where they went 13 plays, 78 yards, 
in 6 minutes and 16 seconds. It was capped by a reverse handoff to Covey, who then threw it to Cole Fotheringham in the back of the end zone. A, just a beautiful play design by head coach or offensive coordinator Troy Taylor to put Britton Covey's skills to use as he was able to locate the tight end in the back of the end zone. The first drive of the second half on the third and five from the Utah 49, Huntley delivered a 19-yard strike to Jalen Dixon, which set up a goal line touchdown for Zach Moss. Cody Barton on defense. Yeah, of course we're going to talk about somebody on defense. And Cody Barton had a beautiful interception in the middle of the third quarter. It was actually the drive right after that first touchdown drive that they had in the second half. And it set up another score for Utah four plays later with an Armand Shine touchdown. And finally, the game ceiling drive, in my opinion, in the third quarter, nine play, 75 yard, four minute and three second drive that was capped by a five yard Zach Moss touchdown on the left side. And Utah was able to put it away. At that point, it was 38 to 10. Utah finished with a 41 to 10 victory on the road at UCLA. And it was wonderful. It was a great game from start to finish. At first, you may have been just a little worried because UCLA got on the board fairly quickly, but Utah really clamped down and did not allow anything else at all, pretty much. The defense was huge uh, in that football game. Now to talk about the keys that I spoke to you guys about and how Utah looked at doing that. All right, the first offensive key I talked to you guys about, this is what I felt was the most important thing, and that was to run the football ragged on UCLA's defense, really wear them down, and focus on giving Zach Moss the football, and the rest of the offense will open up. No, yes, Zach Moss. He had a career-high 211 rushing yards. I'm going to say that they focused on the run. The second one was eliminate turnovers entirely. Yes, they did have a turnover. I felt it was not a good call. It should have been a pass interference. That was in the first quarter. It was a goal-line interception. But what had happened in that play, in my opinion, Quentin Lake had pushed off and jumped back and caught the football, but there was no call. So, alas, an interception by Tyler Huntley that I do not feel was deserved. And then to be patient on offense. I talked about winning uh, time of possession. Utah was able to do that about 34 minutes of that football game. wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be, but it was still controlled by the University of Utah. And on defense, some key uh, some keys to focus on that I talked about was stop the run. Joshua Kelly had four straight 100-yard games coming into this football game. I talked about using their number one ranked rushing defense and halting that streak of 100-yard games, and they did that. They held them to just 90 yards on 16 carries. That's pretty good as far as per carries go, but he did have two pretty large runs uh, that was responsible for that. But Utah doing a good job of making sure that Joshua Kelly had no chance of getting that 100-yard game again. Winning the field position battle, I did see a stat in that game talking about starting field position that was about 25 yards ahead for Utah. So Utah getting 25 yards more than what UCLA was able on their starting field position and talked about having to win that battle, and that's what I feel they were able to do. Now, in this game as well, if you remember back on Friday, I gave you guys five bold predictions, and I want to go over those really quickly with you. First one I talked about was Utes will not score 40-plus points, but it will be a big victory. Well, they won 41-10, to and they did continue their 40-plus point points per game. My goodness, I did not see them scoring 40 points in this one. I felt as though uh, their hot streak would run out that Tyler Huntley 
would not play very well. He did not play very well to go along with that, but they still were able to put 41 points on the board, and that's now 41 points average over the last four games, which is just efficient offense, and you got to love it about being a Utah fan. Joshua Kelly's four-game 100-yard streak will end. It did. 16 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. I did get that one right. Fist pump on that one. Tyler Huntley will complete 74% of his passes, will throw two touchdowns and an interception. He was not that efficient. 13 of 21, 62, uh, 62% completion percentage. Did not throw a touchdown, did have, a, did have an interception. So technically, I'd be wrong on that bold prediction. The fourth one, Zach Moss will average at least six yards per carry and score at least two touchdowns. You better believe I'm right on that one. 8.1 yards per carry and three touchdowns for Zach Moss. And the game balls that I predicted would go to Zach Moss, to Cody Barton, and to Matt Gay. Whoa. You got you to gotta admit, I think I got this one pretty right. But, you know, there's so many defensive players you can give that to. Uh, Chase Hansen, again, had another big night. As far as the secondary goes, uh, you could look again at Javelin Gidry for what he did. But I'm going to say Cody Barton deserves the uh, game ball. Seven tackles, three of them solo. He did have a pass breakup and an interception. Zach Moss, we already talked about him, 26 carries, 211 yards, three touchdowns. And Matt Gay continues to go along with what he's been doing all year so far. Two for two, uh, kicking field goals and five for five on extra points. So I pretty much could say that I was spot on in the game balls. I'm just saying. Um, So there is that for you as well. Utah gets the big victory by a final of 41-10. to Tomorrow on the show, we'll break down what Coach Kyle Whittingham talks about in his weekly press conference. That's coming up a little bit later today as Utah gets the big victory. And there's going to be a lot of good things to say, especially with what happened in the rest of the Pac-12 South, which we'll get to next. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you guys about Sling TV. Now, if you haven't heard about Sling TV, you're going to now. Sling TV, in my opinion, the best way to get your college sports, whether it be football, whether it be basketball. With basketball season coming up, you're going to want to watch those big games. Tell you what, there's going to be some good matchups on the horizon that first week of college basketball, which is coming up next week. Mind blown. But with Sling TV, you don't get what you want. You get what you need. If you're like me and you're sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch, uh, when really all you want to do is just watch your team win, then Sling TV is the option for you. For $30 a month, you get ESPN, you get the Pac-12 Network, you get SEC, and much, much more. You can get it wherever you want as well, whether it be on your TV, whether it be on your phone, whether it be on your tablet. Wherever you go, Sling TV goes with you. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better, and here's why. Gives you no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and feel free to cancel at any time. Right now, if you sign up for Sling TV, you can get a seven-day free trial. Test it out, see if it's what you want. To get that seven-day free trial, go to slingtv.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on to get your seven-day free trial of Sling TV. If you give it a shot, I promise you, you are going to love it. I love it. You will love it as well. Coming up next, we'll go into the Pac-12, talk about what had happened in this crazy, crazy weekend of Pac-12 football. That's coming up next on Locked On Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Welcome back into Locked On Utes. I'm your host, Tyson Ewing, and I want to go over what had happened last weekend in the Pac-12 as there was a lot of a lot of crazy games, a lot of upsets in just the Pac-12 this weekend, and I was awful on my score predictions for the week, and I'll kind of brush over that with you. But here are the scores from the Pac-12 this week and some really crazy, crazy scores for you. Oregon State picks up its very first win inside the Pac-12 conference by knocking off Colorado of all teams by a final of 41 to 34 in overtime. Arizona State beat USC in the Coliseum by a final of 38 to 35. Cal upsets number 15 Washington at home by a final of 12 to 10. Number 14 Washington State gets the big victory over Stanford. 41 to 38 and the biggest most stunning game that I could possibly recall and this and the most ridiculous score that I just have no understanding of how this even happened Arizona knocks off number 19th ranked Oregon by a final of 44 to 15 yes a 29 point win for Arizona over Oregon I I don't know. I don't know. Along with these scores, with uh, with Utah's forty-one to ten victory, the Utes saw themselves move up the rankings as well. Utah now ranked sixteenth in the country, as uh, they were able, to, of course, to get the big win. And with all those teams falling out as well, moved up seven spots from the twenty-three spot to the sixteenth spot. Washington State moved up the rankings as well by knocking off Stanford. They were 14th last week. They are now in the top 10 at 10th in the country. Teams that have fallen out of the Pac-12, pretty much everybody else. Washington has fallen out of the top 25 for the first time this year. Oregon, obviously, has fallen out of the top 25. Stanford has fallen out of the top 25 as well. So now the predictions that I gave you guys... If you remember back on Friday, Friday's episode, I gave you guys uh, the Pac-12 score predictions and some bold predictions as well. Um, in that Oregon State-Colorado game, I predicted that the Buffaloes would absolutely manhandle Oregon State. Well, that was wrong. 48-10 to 10 was the final I gave you. The final was 41-34 to 34 in favor of Oregon State. I have no words for what Colorado was unable to do on Saturday night as they were as they were truthfully they were embarrassed by Oregon State at home they were at home and Oregon State clipped them I, I I'm speechless I predicted that USC would knock off Arizona State at home by seven that didn't happen either Arizona State in fact uh, had a huge lead on USC they were up 24 to seven at one point. USC then rattled 21 straight points off before Nikhil Harry uh, punt return, which, uh, which went 92 yards, and USC was unable to regain the lead from that point. So USC uh, leading big, then had to come from behind to win that game in Los Angeles over the weekend, but still getting it done and setting up a big matchup because they're another team as well, Arizona State, that they control their own destiny. If they beat Utah, they are in the driver's seat. If they win out to win the Pac-12 South with three losses. So uh, an, another huge game coming up this weekend on the road at Arizona State. Uh, I predicted that Washington would beat Cal 34-10. to Again, I'm speechless. I don't understand it. 
Cal knocking off Washington 12-10 in a very strange Pac-12 weekend. I did get this one right, though. Washington State would beat Stanford at Stanford. Score was a little off, but I was still correct on that, as Stanford was the favorite going into that game. I don't really understand why. The Cougars playing great football as of late. Stanford playing okay football as of late. Yes, it was at Stanford. That might have been the determining factor. But no way, man. Washington State has been playing out of its mind lately. And with their win, of course, I just mentioned this, moving into the top 10 in the AP Top 25. Oregon and Arizona, this one... This one, I could not be more wrong on the final of this one. I predicted the score would be 52-17 to 17 for Oregon. It was not. It was 44-15 to 15 for Arizona. And what was just a strange weekend is J.J. Taylor ran all over Oregon's defense. He ran for 212 yards uh, in that game as well. Khalil Tate was, not, was finally what he... Um, really Khalil Tate, a bit of a breakout game for him as he struggled throughout the season as he was obviously able to get things done from just the score alone. He did have three touchdowns in that win for Arizona at home over the 19th ranked at the time, Oregon Ducks. So just a lot of craziness in the Pac-12 this weekend as there were multiple upsets. You had, uh, I mean, going over it again, Oregon State getting its first win and knocking off Colorado, who had been playing pretty decently before that game, and then losing at home. Losing at home to the worst team in the Pac-12 Conference. And yes, Oregon State is the worst team in the Pac-12 Conference. And really not only that, but this was a game which Colorado had in hand. They led by 28 points in the third quarter. They came out their first drive. They actually had a 75-yard kickoff return. To put them up 31 to three, and you just thought that uh, that they'd be able to finish the game off. Nope, Oregon State had other plans. They were able to fight and claw their way back in this football game. They were able to rattle off. Yes, they were able to rattle off 24 straight points to pull back in this game, and had a last-minute touchdown. As I just mentioned before, that uh, extra point was blocked. They went into overtime. And Colorado was not able to put points on the board where Oregon State was. So uh, just an epic collapse in the second half for Colorado. And I'm sh- and, and you can assure that Colorado fans are surely not happy uh, with that performance, giving up a huge lead in the second half to Oregon State of all teams. <laughs> Get this, unbelievable number. Oregon State scored 24 points in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, to come back. They led or they trailed going into the fourth quarter 31 to 10 and won the game. 31 to 10 and won the game. Incredible stuff by Oregon State who had not got any wins whatsoever. Their only one of the season had come to lowly SUU before getting that win over Colorado. So congratulations, big congratulations to the Oregon State fans uh, for that big time victory. And then of course Cal getting the win over Washington. Washington's offense just could not get going. Miles Gaskin didn't even play in this one. Uh, but no excuse, man. I mean, when you are a 15th-ranked team in the country, you have a terrific defense. You should be able to knock off Cal, a team that has has been very, very up and down, very inconsistent this season. And uh, they made Washington look silly. They did. I mean, yes, it was not a pretty game. 12-10 to 10 was the final. But Cal got it done in, an, in, dare I say, ugly fashion. And again, congratulations to Cal fans. And then, I mean, the big one, Arizona knocking off Oregon 
in just dominant fashion. Oregon didn't even seem to, sh- to have showed up. It looked as though they just left everything on the bus. They should have not even made the trip down to Tucson because Arizona made them look silly in a game that you thought was going to go one way and completely flipped and went the entire other way. Um, so again, congratulations to Arizona. Three big upsets this week in the Pac-12 when we only had six total games on the docket. Um, so if you're not paying attention to the Pac-12, please do because this is this is a very intriguing conference. It's fun to watch and fun to see this play out on the field. Now we'll take a break, but before we do that, I want to talk to you guys again about Vivid Seats. Last week I talked to you guys about a specific story where I got to see my favorite pro team play in person. My wife purchased plane tickets for us and told me that I was in charge of picking the seats because she wanted me to sit where I wanted to sit. So what did I do? I grabbed my phone, looked at Vivid Seats, found the seats I wanted, made the purchase, and was able to get very, very good seats at a very good deal. Now, what is Vivid Seats? Well, I'm about to tell you. Vivid Seats is an online ticket marketplace that's dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience. Now, if you want to download Vivid Seats, there's a special offer on the table now. Locked on listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more as a first-time customer. All you got to do, I just mentioned that, download the app and enter that promo code in, locked on, to receive that $20 off $200 or more order. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. I do love it. It was able to get me into the seats to see my favorite football team in person for the very first time a year ago. So I am an advocate of it. I do love it, and you will love it as well. Download Vivid Seats today and get your $20 off orders of $200 or more. We'll take a break, and when we come back on the other side, it's the Utah Sports Update. That's where we whip around the entire campus, give you an update of what's going on in each athletic program. That comes up next on Locked On Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back inside Locked on Utes, your one-stop shop for all things University of Utah. We're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. It's now time for the Utah Sports Update, where we take a look around at what's going on on campus, give you some updates on the rest of the athletic programs, and give you an idea of the success that Utah programs are having. So we'll start with Utah women's cross-country team. Now, if you remember, obviously, last week, the tragedy that struck as Lauren McCluskey was killed. She was a track and field star um, for the University of Utah. And ironically, the Pac-12 cross-country championship was this last weekend. So you could bet that a very emotional cross-country team went into the Pac-12 championship this weekend they were able to place okay, uh, place seventh, led by the junior Serafini from my hometown, from Ogden, Utah, who was instrumental for the Utes. Uh, she finished 21st overall as a team. As I just mentioned, Utah finished seventh overall in the Pac-12 championship. So congratulations to them. Um, a good finish at the Pac-12 championships. The Utah women's soccer team. Now, they had an up-and-down weekend. Um, very high emotions, very low emotions. <laughs> uh, as it started out Thursday night at the Ute soccer field to the eighth-ranked UCLA Bruins, they fell pretty good by a final of 5-1. to one. 
The lone goal in this game came from Haley Cassia-Carne, uh, who scored her first goal of the season and was assisted by none other than Ireland Dunn, who notched her sixth assist of the season and holds pace to the leader in assists along with UCLA's Ashley Sanchez. Again, they did lose by a final of 5-1 to one to number 8th ranked UCLA. Now on Sunday, following it up with a very strong defensive performance as well as the second ranked USC Trojans came into Ute Soccer Field and the Utes put it to them defensively, not allowing a goal. Final was 0-0. Zero to zero. It was a tie game in double overtime. Um, the Trojans went into Sunday's matchup with the most goals scored in the Pac-12 conference. But as I just mentioned, Utah was able to establish a great defensive game plan and hold that score to nothing, nothing. And uh, really just goes to show you what the youth soccer t- or what that soccer team was able to do over the weekend. Uh, coming off a very tough loss, bouncing back against the second-ranked team in the country in USC and really answering the bell. That's a terrific result, despite the fact that they did not get the win. They still were able to tie with the second-ranked team in the country. Uh, so you got to give a big congratulations to the University of Utah for what they are doing uh, on the soccer field. They wrap up the regular season on Friday with a 3 p.m. jilt at Colorado, so look for that as well this week. Utah women's swimming and dive team. Uh, Utes fell just short to UCLA on Saturday night. They had actually won six of the 14 team events, but as I just mentioned, just came up just short as they were just mere points away from coming out victorious to earn their first one of the season and and you got to imagine that's very difficult that's now their third straight swim meet that they came extremely close to getting a result but were unable to do so um, the Utes were led by senior captain from Savannah, Georgia, Darby Wainer. Uh, she won the 100-meter breaststroke and 200-meter breaststroke and was really dominant for Utah. Unfortunately, like I mentioned, the Utes unable to get it together as a team to get that win. They are back in action on Friday as they take their chances in Las Vegas against UNLV. Moving on to Utah women's volleyball. This was another up-and-down week for the teams here at the U as the Utes fell at home on Wednesday evening. Uh, in straight sets to the 19th-ranked Washington State Cougars. Uh, Now, remember, they were the first team to have to play following the loss of Lauren McCluskey, and it was pretty much the next day after everything had come about. They had to play the very next day, so you could bet a very emotional game in that matchup on Wednesday as they lost to the 19th-ranked Washington State Cougars in straight sets, unfortunately, there for the Utes. Washington then came into the Huntsman Center with the 21st-ranking in the country, and the Utes bounced back in big fashion by knocking off the Washington Huskies by a final of 3 nothing. They won in straight sets, and Danny Drews continued to lead the way for the Utes with a near double-double of 15 kills and 8 blocks. She continues to do great things for this volleyball program, really continuing to go in the right direction, especially as we near the end of the season. Coming up this weekend, they will be at Cal and at Stanford, that lovely Bay Area trip uh, where they will see if they can get things done and continue to move in the right direction as we get nearer and nearer to the end of the season. They are 5-7 and seven in Pac-12 play. And finally, the Utah football team, of course, getting the win 41-10 to over UCLA. With the win, they moved from 23 in the country to now 16th in the country as they are able to get the big-time victory and have a very big date with Arizona State coming up 
on Saturday night. So a lot to look forward to at the University of Utah, a lot to follow. The volleyball teams, the soccer teams, the swimming and dive teams, the cross-country team. Congratulations to those programs for their very good performances over the week, and we'll see what they can do this upcoming week. Thank you so very much for tuning into the podcast. Remember, you can catch us on Twitter just and Facebook. Just look for Locked on Utes. Feel free to email us at lockedonutes at gmail.com and give us a call at 419-777-UTES uh, to give us your feedback, to give us your questions, to give us your comments, whatever you want to do. Be heard here on the Locked on Utes podcast as this is for you. This has been Locked on Utes for October 29th, 2018. Again, thank you so very much for tuning in. Have a lovely rest of your day. And as always, go Utes!